Tone Vendors, a sound designer's podcast. Here are your hosts, Timothy and Renee. Hello and welcome to Tone Menders. I'll be your host today, Timothy Muirhead. Sadly, Renee can't be with us because he is busy mixing something really cool. So sitting in in his place due to popular demand, we have the return of Teresa Morrow. Welcome, Teresa. Teresa's got uh, a lot of pressure here because last time you co-hosted was with Mark Mangini and that was one of our uh, most uh, downloaded episodes. So you got to live up to that one. Okay, Teresa? Today, our guest is Peter Albrechtson, a busy sound designer, supervisor, and re-recording mixer. Peter also has an excellent presence within the sound community and is a must-follow on Twitter. Everybody look him up and follow him. He's awesome. His resume includes documentary classics like The Immortalists, Bill Nye, The Science Guy, and one of my all-time favorites, The Queen of Versailles, directed by Lauren Greenfield. Peter is now teamed up with that same director again for this summer's theatrical release, Generation Wealth. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. We're glad that you could carve out the time to talk to us. So uh, this new film, Generation Wealth, is your second time working with that director. Is that, it's the second time, correct? Exactly, yeah. So, But there was a bit of time in between there, because I guess she's a busy photographer. She's not making movies every year. What had changed for you between working with her in, I think, 2012 and then now? In a way, not that much. In a way, quite a lot. Um, of course, um, I've been doing quite a lot of movies in the meantime and have gotten more experienced. But the great thing about Lauren is that she really trusts her collaborators and uh, she uh, used a lot of the same people on the team this time around. That just makes for a very close creative process because everyone knows each other. And just like on the first, uh, on Queen of Versailles, uh, the mixer was Pete Horner from uh, Skywalker Sound. He mixed Generation Wealth as well. So we have this close collaboration that just has been going on for all these years. I mean, Lauren really um, trusts us uh, as sound people and... Uh, I've been watching different picture edits and talking with Lauren during the process of doing Generation Wealth. So uh, th that also means that we are very much in sync with, with each other. I mean, and there's a trust which is extremely important when you're making movies. I feel like the, the closer the collaboration you have, the, the better the movie in many ways. You like to get involved, uh, in particular, maybe on a documentary, but on any film quite early in the production process? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important. I think that the earlier you start thinking about the sound, the more integrated into the story and the storytelling it'll be. So sound, uh, for me, is something that should be part of the film from the very beginning and I feel that the directors that I work with like when you start talking about sound from very early on in the process it also opens up and inspires them how to approach their storytelling and how to do the film for me that goes both for fiction films I mean on fiction films I'm part of this the when already the script process like bringing feedback to the script and so on. And on documentaries, I'm a part of the process like from the early shoots. On Queen of Versailles, I was part of the process quite late, but on Generation Wealth, I've been talking with Lauren on off for quite a long time. And I started doing the first sound sketches like 
half a year before we were mixing. So it's been a long process. It means that because you have the time to develop all these sonic ideas, then you also have the time to make mistakes. What I feel that sometimes happens in the process is that you get so so much pressure from having a deadline that you really make all the safe choices because you want to be sure that you finish in time. But if you have much more time, then you have the time to experiment and you have the time to make mistakes. And some of those mistakes can be incredibly inspiring. And I really like how that opens up the creative process much more. Could you maybe give us your version of the synopsis of the film? Generation Wealth is a film about our focus on wealth as a society and how much money means for the whole political system, but also for people in general. It's a film that portrays different people from the money world, so to say. Like, you have different superstars, but you also have, like bank people and you have musicians and you have Brett Easton Ellis and you have like different people bringing on different viewpoints and different personal stories about what happened to them because of their focus on money. But then at the same time, it's also a personal portrait. Lauren Greenfield for many years have been focused on this subject and she's been traveling the world, photographing and Um, meeting people and her focus on wealth has had some personal impact on her which she also describes in the film so it's a film that both have like this social aspect of this crazy focus on wealth that's in our society and then it's also a personal story about what Lauren goes through and that makes it a in my opinion a, a quite unique film because it has these many different layers to it and that made it really inspiring to do sound because it meant that we could do many different things with the sound and be very creative with sound. Yeah, Teresa and I had an opportunity to see the film already and it is a really cool movie because exactly what you're saying with it's about these huge societal issues but it's also about her immediate family And uh, the way it pulls it all together at the end was uh, much more kind of touching and heart string pulling than I was expecting from the first half of the film. It's a really interesting film that everyone should uh, make an effort to see because uh, it'll change your perspective on a lot of things. Yeah, it's really brave. And it's, uh, I mean, it's taken a lot of time to do the film for Lauren. The way that she dares to be very honest and be fragile and emotional is, I think, an amazing feat and very inspiring for me as a sound designer because it meant that we could kind of go between doing something that's like so... Like, there's there's sequences with the financial breakdown and all these things that are like really like bombastic and almost like action action movie sound. And then we have these moments with Lauren that are very fragile and very quiet and very minimal. And I really love that dynamic. Yeah, there's a lot of transitioning from one story to another in the film. Tim and I had the same experience when we were first watching it. We're like, oh, it seems to jump around a lot for the first half an hour. And like, oh, where is this going? And then it coalesces so beautifully in the second two two thirds of the film. Uh, and all of those threads 
they don't come together, but they they wind together in a way that's really satisfying to watch. Very emotional, like surprisingly emotional, which uh, I would love to ask you, like, how do you uh, see uh, your role in building the soundtrack? Uh, how, how do you bring emotion and that cinematic quality to a film via the soundtrack? I think that's really one of the amazing things about sound is how emotional sound is. I mean, sound just like connects with your emotions. That's what we can do. I mean, uh, it talks to the audience like apart. I mean, it it it's not about logic. It's not about like it's not about uh, uh, thinking. It's about feeling, and I really love that. And for me, in the film. There was these great contrasts between uh, having moments where lots of things were happening on the in the sound, and then there were moments where very little was happening on the sound. And something that I really love about sound for film is that the more musical it can be, the more powerful for me it often is. One of the big, big uh, things about this film was also to create sounds for all these still images in the film. Like there was uh, a lot of photographs, amazing photographs that Lauren had been taken for all these years. And the way to kind of build sounds for that, soundscapes, and then at other points, like just taking things away. I really like that kind of rhythm and that kind of musical approach to sound that we had in this film. It was also about like structuring the sound in many ways to fit with the score. I mean, Jeff Beale, uh, who also did House of Cards and many other things, he wrote this really, really good score. And I often kind of built a lot of my sounds around his music to kind of make all these still images come alive in a very subtle musical way. I often cut my sounds so that they fit in rhythm with his music or pitch them so that they fit with the tonality of his music. So it was really like, I think there's several places in the film where it's hard to hear, okay, what is music and what is sound? It's in a subtle way, but it still kind of enhances this emotion. And I think that as as the as audience like when you feel like this this kind of rhythm and uh, um and like when there's a when sound is having this emotional connection to you then you also get connected to the the film and you get much more touched um i i really feel that that's like one of our amazing abilities as as sound people that we can connect to people in this way you mentioned earlier that uh, you had a lot of time to work on this film and that allowed you to make some accidents that ended up being kind of happy accidents. Can you give us an example of that? There were um, a lot of these uh, still images in the film that when I started out, I was like, okay, how do we treat these images? How do we make sounds for these? And I started out being a little... I mean, quite logic about it, like putting on what I saw, like you see a dog and you hear a dog barking, but quite quickly it it became evident that it also some of it at least needed to be a little more associative, like seeing something and then thinking about, okay, what feeling is this? Therefore, often I took in different sounds 
that I felt like, okay, this has some of the feeling that I'm looking for. Like, I see an image where I think, okay, this is like a quite dark image. And I, I want to use more evil dark sound, maybe like a train passing very closely to me, like, like very intense sound. But then just taking like a shadow of that and using that as like almost like an ambient abstract reverberant thing. So you see something where you think of a sound and then it becomes more like an interpretation of sound and an interpretation of the image. And the, there was a lot of me just putting in sounds and Pro Tools and then just processing with different plugins and just playing around. I really like playing around with plugins in a way that you shouldn't use them. You take a denoiser and then you only use the noise or you take a de-click and you only use the clicks. You put in a piece of music and use that as the impulse response for reverb. Things that are kind of weird and you just sit there playing around and there was lots of things coming up like that where just the sound that I thought, wow, this has a quality and, and it speaks to me somehow with the emotions that I'm looking for. So there's a lot of those layers and it's not in your face at all. It's very subtle and const I mean, just like textures in, in the sound, but it really means a lot to kind of also connect in many ways the the music to the voiceover so that it's not just I mean Lauren has a voiceover that goes throughout the film and there's a lot of music and in a, I mean in some films that would kind of be the main layer so you had just had the music playing and then a voiceover on top but I really wanted to connect those two elements so find a way of bringing together the textures of the music to the textures of the voice and um, that was something that I was playing around with and often just like weird accidents, weird things happening. I think that's such a great way of talking about sound design in this context as something that bridges between, in a documentary anyways, the voiceover and the music. Like it's often that there's a something missing and you don't know what it is and you're looking for it in the, in the music and it's not there. And a lot of people approach documentary soundtracks as being very factual so what is the ambience for this place? Well, it's the ambience for this place. And maybe not taking that sort of intuitive leap like you're talking about to um, build a second sort of more symbolic uh, ambience almost for the scenes. I, I totally see that. I think that's also why I don't have, I mean, I don't see that much of a difference between working on a fiction film and working on a documentary. Um, but I mean, on a documentary, I also spend a lot of time on collecting sounds. I mean, getting the right sounds for the different environments in Generation Wealth. The the film takes place, I mean, all over the world. There's things in the US, of course, but there's also like Brazil and Russia and China and all over the place. So I, I mean, all over Europe also. So I got hold of different recordings from all over the world. I mean, that's what the internet is so amazing for, this thing that we are now so connected in the in the sound society that we can help each other out and like, okay, I would like to get a sound from Brazil, writing that on Facebook or Twitter or something. And then a couple of days later, I have some amazing recordings from 
Brazil or, or I get in touch with someone who can record stuff for me. So I spend quite some time on just getting hold of material. And that's also why it's great to be part of the film early on because then I have the time to get hold of all these recordings. But then the thing is to not kind of let reality be be like a chain like a, a chain around your neck. I mean it should inspire you to do something with these sounds. But um, I definitely have like a f- it's important for me to find the the right actual sounds. I also spend time in Lauren Greenfield's photo lab just like recording all her different gear in there and we recorded her cameras like every camera click you hear in the film is recorded specifically with the right camera and so on so i thought that those sounds were very important because it's very personal sounds to lauren and and um, the way that 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 her technical gear is is evolving through the film is also a part of the storytelling of the film so yeah doing i mean getting getting lots of sounds but then also being able to kind of be abstract and be creative uh, i think that's so amazing about sound that you can get inspired by all these sounds that you collect and then tr- i mean hopefully it's kind of bring it onto a new level it's kind of like finding all your instruments and then you write the song so afterwards. speaking of being international you're based in denmark correct yeah exactly so Copenhagen. how did you get hooked up with lauren to begin with Lauren's uh, film Queen of Versailles was actually a Danish co-production. So um, I was the Danish co-production money, (laughs) so to say. Um, But then the thing was that we really had a great collaboration. And then um, Lauren just kept on like wanting to work with me. So then we've just been in touch for all these years and... Now uh, I did Generation Wealth and she's actually working on a new film as well, which I'm also going to do the sound design for. So the thing about collaborations now is that it's, I mean, it's much easier to collaborate internationally now because of, I mean, the internet making it possible to send files back and forth and so on and so forth. I mean, so I really love working with people around the world because it also like, gets you on new input and opens up for all this inspiration. We live thousands of miles apart, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's we're just like a, an internet connection away from And then each other. what's the connection to Skywalker? One of my big inspirations for documentary sound design was uh, Tarn Nation, an amazing movie that uh, Laura Hirschberg did sound design for. Um, so when I was going to do Queen of Versailles and we knew that we were going to mix in the US then I tried to get it I mean then I got in touch with Laura and asked okay do you want to mix this and she didn't have the time but then she recommended Pete then Pete and I worked together on Queen of Versailles and we just really hit it off and we really enjoyed that collaboration so yeah now we've been mixing together for like on three movies and then coming to Skywalker is amazing I mean that whole place is like it's film sound history and for me it's uh, i mean being so inspired by all the people who work there and all the amazing things that they do it's really great to be there but it's also a thing that i really respect about that place is also that they do these 
gigantic Marvel movies and blockbusters and so on, but they also do small indie movies. And that kind of really, um, for me, is just such a great uh, attitude. And it's also, for me, something that I love to do in my work. It's kind of like, I mean, right now I'm working on a Danish fantasy film that's a bit like Harry Potter or something like that. And then the next film will be a documentary. I mean, that kind of contrast is amazing. And and uh, and uh, I really respect the Skywalker Ranch for like opening up their arms for a project like Generation. I love Wolf. that you had to uh, slum it down by settling for Pete Horner to mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough life, eh? <laughs> Pete is so amazing, but I mean, I didn't know Pete at that point. So, um, but then it turned out that I mean, we had exactly also the same uh, way of thinking about sound because we both have a musical background. We're both kind of played music a lot, and we kind of think about sound design as music in a, in many ways. So we we just like really had this close intuitive connection which um, made our collaboration really fruitful. I had a question about that sort of relates to um, treating a soundtrack as music and and to me that what that means is like um, rhythm and the pacing uh, is a big part of that and uh, because you um, are able to be in well when you're able to be involved on a film early uh, do you have any interaction with the editor in terms of timing of certain scenes or leaving room for um, uh, sound effects to play out uh, if you find that the the cuts are too tight or something like that? The, like those kind of changes. Like a lot of times you get the film and it's locked and that's not going to change and it's your challenge to make the soundtrack work with what you've got. But if I, you're al- you're always kind of tempted to be like, oh, if they could just like lengthen this shot by like six frames, this would be great. Exactly. That I mean, that happens all the time, and uh, I mean, that's one of the great things about being involved early is that I have a very close connection to the picture editor, and I see. I mean, I try to see cuts very early, like rough cuts and so on, to kind of tell the director and the picture editor that well, I think this sequence could have would be interesting to do some sound for or this uh, sequence would be interesting to do some sound for so during the picture editing process I usually pick out some specific scenes or sequences for sound work so that we can try out some things with the sound and that's a it's a great way of um, finding out okay what is the sonic language of this film should these emotional scenes be very quiet or should they have a lot of music should these dramatic scenes should they be very noisy or should they be very quiet or i mean this thing about developing as a, a sonic identity for the film is something that i feel is very important to do while you're picture editing because it has such a massive influence on the feeling and the pace of the picture editing. I mean, if you start trimming down the picture, then you also take out all the spaces. And usually all the spaces are the places where there's room for sound. If you want sound to be like a really important 
part of the storytelling, then if you cut away all the spaces in the film, then there's no time left for the sound. And at the same time, when you start putting in sound in scenes, then you will also quickly kind of feel how the tempo of the film speeds up. I mean, it feels like it becomes so much faster. I've often experienced being on the mixing stage with directors saying, wow, now this film has become so much faster and it's almost too quick now or something like that. And if you're involved early, then you can use that as as part of the storytelling as well. So that all these tools that you have as a sound designer can be integrated into the picture editing. I think it's immensely important. I still don't get why we're sitting working in Pro Tools, which is owned by Avid, and then they are picture editing in Avid as well. And for me, they should be like totally connected so that we could constantly work back and forth, like trying out ideas. But if you create a workflow where you send things back and forth in, you can have a really creative collaboration with the picture. Yeah, I feel it's like, it's it's so satisfying when you convince somebody to move a cut and it just clicks together and you're like, oh my God, it was all worth it. <laughs> it changed. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, like, oh, we took advantage of the potential that was there. And that's, uh, I always feel so great when we managed to come to that compromise point. Yeah, exactly. For me, the the whole process of making a movie is about collaboration. I mean, the more you collaborate with everybody, the better the movie gets. The more that we can inspire each other, I mean, and this goes for every function on the film. It goes for the sound team in itself. I mean, when I start up a movie now, I usually get my... I mean, I have... um, my assistant, uh, Mikkel Nilsson, who records sounds for me. I have uh, uh, Heike Kossi, who's an amazing Finnish Foley artist. And then I usually have a dialogue editor as well on these these documentaries on bigger fiction projects. I have a sound effect editor usually as well. But we try to all get together in the same room and then do what I call a jam session. So we watch the a version of the film, not the picture lock, because that doesn't exist, but something a bit like the picture lock. And then we watch the film and go through the film and just exchange ideas. And that thing about using the team is really mandatory for me. And the same thing goes when you're in the picture editing. You come in and you watch different versions of the cut and you talk with the picture editor, you talk with the composer, you talk with the director, you find out how should this film be? I mean, it's something that you develop together. I'm wondering if I can just take you back in time a little bit to when you were working on Queen of Versailles. It seems like uh, every year there's kind of one documentary that bubbles up to the top and becomes part of the pop, pop culture and for the year that Queen of Versailles came out, it was that documentary. It, people were talking about it. Uh, everybody saw it. Did you know that it was going to be that? Because we've all worked on a million projects and you're never sure which one is the one that bubbles to the top and captures everyone's attention. Did you have a feeling that was going to happen when you were working on it? Not really. I mean, I t- totally enjoyed the film. We had such a blast working on that film and Pete Horner and me like laughed so much during the mix and i mean we had so much fun and it was like everyone really enjoyed that movie but to kind of go from there and to to then 
thinking, "Whoa, this will be a giant success." It's um, I find that really often very hard. I mean, for for me, like every movie I do, I'm so passionate about it, and I put everything into it, and I work crazy long hours to do all the things I want to do. I mean, for me, it's it's a little bit like your own kid in a way. Like it's this is this is a kid, and you bring it into the world. And then you really, really hope that people will love this kid and love this child of yours. But it's so difficult for me to kind of say, okay, this will be a great success. And usually when I think that, wow, this this must be like this, this will be successful, then it comes out and then no one sees it. I mean, it's, it's always so difficult to predict, but we had a wonderful time working on the film. And, and uh, I remember like, um sitting in the mix and and uh, sundance was like we, telling us well we want to s- screen this as the opening film then you were thinking oh, okay this is something special i mean this this film will get some recognition but i mean it's always hard to kind of think wow this will be the next big one i had a, a sort of a funny question because the the film sort of deals with um theme of how capitalism has destroyed culture and uh, broken down human relationships. And uh, I was kind of thinking about it a little bit in terms of like Hollywood culture. And, and a lot of the film deals with sort of this sort of striving to be a success in American media and stuff like that. And it made me think about like, is do you having worked a little bit in Hollywood and back and forth uh, in Europe, like, do you feel like there's a different uh, working culture? outside of the United States that's a little less focused on that kind of uh, fame and fortune uh, obsession? Often a major difference between movie making in, in Hollywood and movie making in Europe is that as a sound person in Europe and when I work on European productions, the whole production and the director is really, really involved in the sound and is really listening to me as a sound designer, my viewpoints, not just on sound, but also on the script, on the editing, on music, on everything, on the acting. They want to hear my opinion on everything. I mean, I'm really like a very close collaborator. Whereas I feel that sometimes when I talk with some of my US friends, do amazing work, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of many Hollywood movies, but it's also like a little bit like, well, you sound people, you're over there and you do your job while the film is getting made, almost. Like, there's a little bit of that feeling sometimes, like, as a sound person in the US, sometimes you get kind of ignored, I feel. And it was really overwhelming for me, like, the first times I was in LA and so on, to meet other sound people over there and then... I was like thinking, oh, I want to come over here and work. I want to work on these amazing movies that are done over here and get the chance to like really refine something for like sit there and for eight months do this great action movie. And then these wonderful sound people from the US said to me, can we please come to Europe and do some European <laughs> movies? And 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 we just w- want to come over and, and uh, be able to say our opinion to the director and say our opinion to the composer. And, Have some I state mean, funding. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the grass is always green on the other side. But, but I feel that 
um, the more I I work in the business, I I can really see that that um, that this trust that is in like that we experience as sound people in Europe is something that is quite spectacular and something that is quite special for for this part of the world I feel and then at the same time I mean coming to the US uh, working with like people from Skywalker or whatever I mean it's it's amazing the level of of craftsmanship and the level of creativity that you meet here I mean it's so inspiring um but for me being able to be part of the process where you I mean being there with the director with the scriptwriter with the photographer with the picture editor with the composer I mean we're all in it together I really love that and that's something that's really extraordinary about doing uh, European films yeah so I guess we got to move to Europe <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Uh, Peter, thank you very much for joining us today. This has been a really excellent conversation. And I really enjoyed it. I, I hope that Generation Wealth kind of captures that magic in a bottle that uh, Queen of Versailles does, because I think it's a film that people will really get a lot out of. I really love your podcast, so it's an honor to be part of it. Thanks to everyone who listens and participates in the show. Huge thanks to Teresa Morrow for taking part in the discussion today and sitting in the co-host chair with me. Another round of humongous thanks to Peter Albrechtson for talking to us today. Keep an eye out for the new film Generation Wealth in theaters now. Special thanks to Stacey Dupass for letting us bend and twist her voice on the bumpers. As you know, Renee, Teresa, and I do all of this in our spare time, so if you've got anything out of the show and can spare a few bucks to help us cover the cost of getting these interviews and discussions out, it's greatly appreciated. You can leave a tip at our website. You can find the PayPal link there. And if you can't spare some money, we are totally fine with that. You can help us out by spreading the word, telling all your sound friends about us. Or uh, if you want to help out in other ways, you can design three to five second audio transitions that we can use as bumpers in the show. Okay, I think that's it for now. Thanks for listening. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Tone Feathers. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, please write us a review while you're there. To support the show, go to ToneVendorsPodcast.com and click through our Amazon link or leave us a tip. You can also download and listen to our entire show archive there and leave a comment on our site or on SoundCloud. Keep up to date by following at the Tone Vendors on Twitter or find Tone Vendors Podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Email us with your questions and ideas at info at tonevendorspodcast.com.